This concludes our programming for today. We welcome any comments you may have regarding our programming. And now, our national anthem. Listeners, welcome to all new Iowa Basement Tapes. I'm your host, Christian Day. And tonight, Aaron Longoria of Early Girl. Um, we've been playing, we've played that entire album on this show over the past year. It's amazing. And a lot of people who have heard, who listened to the show, have heard the songs say they absolutely love Early Girl. And it's just been such a breath of fresh air. Uh, you guys do an amazing job. And I've been trying to like kind of I always feel like I'm six months behind everybody and I'm like been trying to like look through whatever I could find about you seeing the articles and I think there was something in Little Village I saw. Um, but I'm I'm super stoked to have you on on the show and I but I want to kind of roll backwards here and kind of talk about, um, you know, where you're fr- are you originally from Iowa? Did you move here? Because I just all of a sudden you were on my radar out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, 
I'm not from Iowa. I came here for school. I've lived all over. Um, I moved around a lot, but uh, came here for university kind of almost blindly. Uh, I had heard the school was good, but that's about it. And then I showed up for my first day um, and uh, really liked it here. Really, I'm from, I was like born and raised in Texas. I've been all over. My family's in Colorado right now. So uh, I've, I've lived a lot of different places, but of all the Midwest, and specifically Iowa City has just really um, captured me. And uh, yeah, so I've been here since about 2015. And um, yeah, now now I'm in Iowa City. And I feel like now you, you I would consider you a lifer if oh, hitting almost 10 years, um, you know, and that's a rad spot. I mean, I love Iowa City. I, I grew up in Cedar Rapids, you know, very mm. close there, spent a lot of time. Um, what is your what is kind of like your musical background? Like what kind of got you into the punk rock? Yeah, uh, it's really kind of, uh, I mean, maybe not so convoluted, but uh, I would say like I live and I ha- I come from a relatively musical family. Like my dad plays guitar and drums and my sisters have always sang, but I was kind of the musical black sheep. Like I was like tone deaf and just like could not sing, could not pick up an instrument for the life of me, not relatively musical. And then, uh, you know, I did my life, did you know, middle school, high school, and then I came to college. And um, it wasn't until like 2017 when I was like a junior that I made a friend who went to a lot of shows um, and I started going along with her. And then we just started going, we got really into this, uh, we got really into some bands from Minneapolis. And so we started just traveling to go to shows and concerts and we're sharing uh, kind of, I had a more or less kind of a really like pop leaning top 40 taste because I I wasn't crazy exploratory um but then meeting this friend I got I kind of had my like angsty teen phase in college but I wasn't like lashing out I was just listening to that music and uh yeah and 2017 like Christmas day is when I was like I'm gonna I heard a song and I was like I need to learn that song and then I started teaching myself guitar and then yeah then it just happened what was that song it was Slow Disco by St. Vincent. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming into more of the angst later in life, going to that first show, first off, was it a Gabe show that you went to? I mean, I'd been to shows here and there. Um, I think uh, I think the first big show, uh, the band, um, was Remo Drive. And we got really into them right when their album Greatest Hits dropped. Um, and they played Woolies. And so I'd definitely been to concerts before, but that was the first one where I was like, oh, the, like that that rock shit, you know? <laughs> the shit well, that, yeah. Well, what was it, what was about it that like really triggered it for you? Um, well, I would say like not really having too much exposure to like, not really like big, like platinum artists or people with like, you know, like people like way into the machine. These were just like, guys like playing music and doing and like Woolies is like a pretty like big venue and it was by then they were like playing bigger shows but um it just was like I wasn't seeing that kind of smaller scale um music it was it was a lot of just like arena stuff or like you know the bigger shows that like every Tom Dick and Nancy go to yeah um did you when when you when you picked up that guitar uh, you said you wanted to, you wanted to learn that song. Um, was it easy for you to, you know, coming from being you know tone? I wouldn't say I don't want, I don't want to say tone deaf. So I feel like evolution happens as you dive into music and you you your ears start to change, you know, and you start to hear things differently. Um, was it a challenge for you to start learning? Well, like I. I've always, I've listened to so much music. My, I mean, my parents and my dad, they have a huge influence on like my music taste and like we always were listening to things. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's just this thing that just like absorbing and kind of like osmosis throughout like all these years that when I finally like did it, there's just like, like it's like in my head already. Cause like, I mean, I, I, a lot of people, the whole life, everyone's l- listening to music. So it was just like, did you find uh, yourself starting to dissect songs almost like 
yeah, patterns and, and, and things like, like that. Literally in the way that uh, when I was in high school, I wasn't necessarily like musical from like an instrument perspective, but because I loved music so much, I actually like would make mashups when I was in high school and would like, you know, rip songs apart and put them together. And so that, you know, just really over time just got like, you know, there's some music theory because you have to figure out what goes well together and like song structure and just like, you know, essentially, yeah, like dissecting and splicing music just really, uh, I think was pretty, you know, because then I'm thinking on more of like a technical level about the music and not yeah, just it's, it's almost it. like it's like a cut and paste almost like a mechanics so like i don't to learn figure out how this thing works i'm gonna break it and tear it apart and see what's inside yeah, you know totally um which i actually really i i really like that approach uh, because there's some people that are, I, I think get really stuck on more classically trained things and uh you're like oh wait a minute well let's just let's just tear her open and see what's inside you know Mm -hmm. and that's a whole other way of learning um uh so you know when did the the whole band thing was this something that came i mean because i'm still kind of i'm still kind of learning about early girl was 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 as was early girl your your first and only band or did you have any projects before that I had um I had a couple of projects actually so yeah I started teaching myself guitar and then around um 2019 I so I honestly like so I I played guitar picked it up learned songs and covers here and there but just for myself and it wasn't until after I graduated college in 2019 I um I met my friend uh Ellie Banstra and we formed an acoustic duo that we called Cowpoke um there is no evidence on the internet just on my hard drive so unfortunately you can't go find it but it was just like really cute it was like yeah 2019 i feel like it came back but a lot of people were in the yeehaw cowboy phase like like be the cowboy dropped and everyone was like i'm a cowboy and uh that was our vibe we had that western aesthetic and it was just the two of us in acoustic and really cute but i just played guitar in that and um it was through that that uh I feel like regardless of how big the band is or whatever the situation is, it's always hard to schedule practices and stuff like that. That's just like, will always be a problem regardless of where you're at. And so it was at a point where, uh, I wrote a song cause we weren't able to practice and it wasn't happening. And so I was like, okay, well I'll just write it myself. That songwriting session then throughout the pandemic became tomato boy, which is more or less, you know, my, solo music stuff and over and has just kind of become my like artistic moniker now like that's just how people refer to me and now it's early girl but uh before a while people were like oh you're tomato boy and um yeah so essentially so there were before early girl there were two other things and um early girl came out of tomato boy wanting to like get louder and have a drummer and then that you know became one thing after another early girl Awesome. I want to come back to some of this here in a minute, but I would, we got to get into your first song. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, it was Wisdom Tooth, and that was was, was that by Maze. Is that who that is? Yes, Maze. Okay. Yes. I want to thank you for playing, bringing up a couple songs from bands that I had not been in touch with or heard. That is always that it excites me so much um, with this show. So tell me about uh, Maze, as I've not played anything from them, and uh, why why Maze and why Wisdom Tooth. Um, yeah, it, well, I will say Why Wisdom Tooth, it was, uh, the most recent thing I believe that they released, and so it feels like, uh, they have quite, they have some music out, but, you know, it's always nice to have the current sound, especially because, uh, in the band is Dan Miller, who runs the vault in West Liberty, and that's where we record, and I plan to, I don't know, we, I feel like we got in really early, they've become this kind of, like, mecca for recording in Iowa City, and, uh, yeah, that's like a... Yeah, Dan's the man. It's awesome. It's a really great place. They recorded it all there, you know, mixed and stuff. So I feel like it's a, yeah, it's just, it's just like show, it feels like showing off what the vault can do. Perfect. And um, also like, they're a great band. Awesome.
Reuben Farr needed company. That's it. Why don't you get out of this house and make yourself a friend? No! Yes! No! Yes! No! Ed Tuttle needed customers. Excuse me. That's off. You've got a big problem. Success! Work! Fate brought them together. Hello, Reuben. What a tremendous day. What say we motor on over to the seminar and get you started on the express to success? Nope. I guess you're pretty broken up about your cat. Why don't you keep your hands off other people's refrigerators? Why don't you bury your cat in sea? He can save water. You don't need to bury him out in the desert. He'll be frost. Like in the ice. That's a good idea. So they hit the road. This is the perfect spot to bury a cat. Any cat in their right mind would be happy as a clam to be buried here. Now you have to admit that. Do I go? Yes, you do. I don't have to admit anything. Let's stall and bury the cat. Is this the right spot? It's gonna get weird now. You have to be back before the seminar is over. Jeez. I can't believe that you didn't even get one person to that stupid seminar. <laughs> Reuben and Ed. Who's the biggest failure in this room? Raise your hand, Dad. Starring Crispin Glover. Ow! I am a Republican. Howard Hessman. Hello, really? No. Is that you? <laughs> and Karen Black. Reuben and Ed. They don't know where they're going, but they're on their way. I gotta hand it to you, Reuben. That was El Smarto. Why, you really know how to make an impression.
night, listeners. Welcome back to Iowa Basement Tapes. I'm your host, Christian Day. You just heard Basketball Divorce Court with Oops. We don't use that word on Barbie.com off their rebound record. We're playing Aaron Longoria's Iowa Playlist on our show tonight, uh, talking about Early Girl and all the bands they've made and been part of. Um, I'm so stoked to have Aaron here. Um, Aaron, talk about Basketball Divorce Court because I... I said off off uh, off air here how much I love them. Those are the homies. They uh, uh, when I was started, I mean, when they kind of really started, and or at least when uh, like Katie Gelly got into the mix, um, uh, whatever the band was before Basketball Divorce Course, they had that kind of like those growing pains of like losing a member here, finding a member there, like rebranding, trying to figure out what the sound was, and I. Would say it was probably when Katie Kelly came to the mix that they really found what stuck, and then we got the new moniker. And uh, yeah, that was all around 2019 when I started doing my music stuff, and um, they were my friends. I met them at a house party and uh, started just going to the shows, and I was part of the scene. And I had just graduated college, so I was like, you know, I was one of people had kn- known me, and so I was going to stuff I would take photos at shows and that's I would say that's how I really was like doing a lot in the scene at that time instead of contributing music I was like contributing other things like taking photos or like doing stuff like that and so naturally we just like we're friends hung out um and yeah so they've always just kind of like been around they've been in my life since I've been making music and we've been friends and we've been hanging out and now it's being at a level where just like having that you know uh, they're Half of the band is in Minneapolis, the ones I'm closest with, but just having that, uh, com- you know, sense of community so early on, right, especially at a very formative time right before the pandemic. So really those were kind of like, not the cutoff, but like you have those people that you were hanging out with right before, right at the pandemic is like, you know, those are pretty like some of the last real big important relationships you had for a while once we went into the, you know, into home and stuff. But uh, yeah, they're awesome. It's interesting hearing you talk about the pandemic that way because I I haven't uh, now we're almost four years away from the pandemic past it since it started, and it's inter- it's it's weird to even look back thinking about things that are post and pre pandemic, you know, because um, I feel like we all had to t- kind of like take our stands of what we were going to be or and who we we're going to be with during that time. So I you're the first person that's ever actually like made me like really like just dig into that for a second because i mean um a lot of things stopped you know and and you had to make the choice if you were going to keep things going you know through all that i love that the as a band like especially like elena and katie are people that love to share music so especially if it's something that's like we had this demo and it has the really funny name on soundcloud it's like do you want it or just being like gee i'd hate if someone you know heard this um, but also, yeah, my roommate at the time during the pandemic, um, you know, when, when that happened, uh, was actually kind of managing the band. Um, so we were like very embedded. That was kind of like, okay, there's not really a scene right now cause nothing's happening, but more or less in touch with these people and like hearing their stuff and talking to them. Um, so yeah. Uh, so when you started kind of getting into the Iowa city music scene around 2017, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I've, I've talked to so many people that have had bands in Iowa City dating back to the 80s and even the 90s. It's a very transient community, and there's always something new popping up and things kind of come and go. Uh, but then there's some that are uh, have been there for a long time. Ed Nearing, he had the Secret Garden Cafe. He's had, oh, my God, bands dating back from 79 and even the like, more recent, the Roughhousers and um, Red Throb and all sorts of wild stuff. Um but I, I, I never ceases to amaze me um, the DIY aesthetic of Iowa City. And so when you when you started digging deep, you know, what things like really kind of like did, did any of that kind of like open up like your musical and creative world? Just kind of seeing what I mean, did you know about anything that was happening like that, like the house, sh- the house parties, house shows, things like that? Yeah, I, I knew of things, but I was never really um, too involved. Like, around that time, I was still really kind of my thing. I had gone to school for a bunch of, like, video and film stuff. And so I was really in that more, like, 
docu like you know filming video photo kind of mind space so i was kind of really not in this scene um right in, uh up until i was like in it myself or like more less like being an artist within it in terms of really going to shows and really um really getting involved and it, and it was especially like a big part of you know being friends with the with the kids in BBC and hanging out, going to their shows, being really into it. And uh, yeah, I think that's how everyone should get into a scene is like when their friends join a band and you just like go cheerlead, be their cheerleader. That's like, I feel the best way to really see what's up. Cause uh, yeah. I forgot about your film background because we have our mutual homie, Kai Swanson. Yeah. Shout out Kai. How do, how do you think that I, I, I find that part really cool that you have this, these, these two different, creative avenues both film um and in your and video work along with the music um something that we both share here uh how has either has has um the film and the video work has that in maybe influenced you um do you think that's where some of the mechanical stuff comes from the technical aspects like cutting up the music similar to cutting up you know clips and editing do you think that a lot of that kind of stems from the same side of the brain here yeah, I definitely have a lot of different, I would say probably mostly like workflow and more just so like conventions along those lines of like, yeah, the technical components of like how organizing thoughts and uh, I mean, primarily regard the stuff I was making, especially here at the University of Iowa is really experimental nonfiction shit. And so it's really artsy, really weird, but you know, you need a concept, you need a story, even you, it has to develop somehow or it doesn't. And that's okay, because, you know, it is what you say it is, um, you know, a film or a song. And so I think it really just helped inform a lot of, because, um, yeah, that's, I would say that's probably the most important thing to myself as a musician. And also, I think you can hear an early girl, there's like, there's a, a very clear kind of rise and fall. There's an arc, there's something happening, it develops, it, uh, it, ha it says something in the sense of like you want to you watch a film and it's only rewarding if you feel like something you know like it it goes through the paces um and so i would say probably that have you ever um toy with the idea of some merger between the two because i've seen some of your video work the stuff that you sent me and i, I loved it I'm, I'm a huge fan of stuff like stan brackage and some of the early uh ex experimental films and you do some great work um thank you uh is there I mean, do, do you ever see yourself maybe uh, is it could there be a convergence between the two? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I feel that's a, that's a, the thing with music. I've obviously wanted to make a music video. I feel like everybody wants to has have make have a music video. But the hard thing about music videos is that like you have to do it. Like you just have to do it. And it's the thing of like, you know, I have like not my standards, but it's like oh, I obviously want it to look the best, and I want to use like really great equipment. But you know, at this you know, it's kind of having be, having to work with what you have. Um, and I think I do well, but when it comes to visual things that I'm so specific about, I have such a knack or I have such a, I have such a strict eye for like the tools I'm using when it comes to video. Not so much like, I don't know, that, does, that makes me sound a little bougie, but I just really like things to look nice is what I'll say. And so uh, I have though, uh, we meant to have, I had created visuals for a release show back in April. Um, when we released Lovers Out to Pasture. I had uh, built visuals to have projected and have projected on us. I had this whole like immersive, you know, projector set up because that's kind of what I was doing in school. And that didn't just work out because of the constraints of the room we were working in. But uh, yeah, so there are, you know, I'm trying to find a show in a venue that it makes sense, but there's like essentially a visual element to the early girl set that at least like I know and like it, whenever I'm able to use it or I have the um, the framework or the resources at a show to do it without making everyone at the venue mad at me, um, I'm definitely down to do it. Uh, we got to get into your next song, and then I want to come back to talk about uh, making the album. Um, so uh, tell me about Mars here. I, I This is another one I have not heard before. Yes, Mars Ohelia. Um, he is a musician in Iowa City, we, um, him too was doing solo stuff before, um, this real, I guess, like, before last year really kicked off. I feel like 
um, we both had some of our first, like Early Girl had their first show and Mars was like really getting some traction in Iowa City and playing much more. And, the, and we just kept getting booked on the same shows and the same bills and just being around each other. And so it just became this kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, we called ourselves like his three gay moms because, <laughs> you know, he's younger and it, it's, I don't know, it was just also like very quickly, it was just being like, oh my God, we love what each other is doing. And we were just like kind of, you know, gravitated towards each other and also just like being a bit older, it was like, I need to protect him. Um, but also just being like, you know, just having a really big fondness for him and how he approached his music and um, how he also blends like sounds and eras and genres like I feel like we do. It just meshed. And so it was, yeah, so it's been really great to play a bunch with him over the last year. All right. Here's Mars Ohilia with Kiss Your Boys on Iowa Basement Tapes. She can't be put in prison for killing my parents, 
but I can see to it that she never gets outside. Now, Doctor, still, keep still, Doctor Wilson. When I came to, my brain felt like it was carved open by a pack of wild butchers. I knew one thing for sure. Beyond that door, life took second place. The nightmare was on the other side, just waiting to swallow me whole. You order a pizza? Anchovy. Oh, my God. I like happy endings. Just wanna hold you. It isn't that cold yet. I just wanna hold you. It isn't that cold yet. I just wanna. Just go get a blanket Just go get a blanket Get out of the closet I don't think I feel this Get out of the closet I don't think I feel this Get out of the closet Go get a blanket. Just go get a blanket. Night, listeners. Welcome back to Iowa Basement Tapes. I'm your host, Christian Day. You just heard Distancing with the song Blanket, unreleased, part of Aaron Longoria of Early Girl, their playlist. Uh, we are hearing some really cool stuff. All this, Most of the stuff I have not heard before, minus basketball, divorce court. Um, Aaron, tell me about Distancing. Yeah, so Distancing is the project of James Hirsch, um, also based in Iowa City, uh he probably is one of the very first people i met when i came to iowa like uh i went to the journalism school here and so did he and so like as a freshman right as i got here we were just in classes together and just always uh collaborated in terms of like you know being in like class projects or stuff but also uh we're getting into the scene at the same time we would go to shows together we had friends in bands we'd go to their shows together and it just became this thing that uh he you know we were both kind of learning instruments at the same time and it wasn't really until like into the pandemic when he had moved out of town and he came back and we really just uh have been sharing our music with each other and like collaborating in the sense of like giving feedback and kind of workshopping stuff because we just go back so long and we kind of you know 
growing together with people is really great, especially like creatively. And so just we've been, you know, over the years, just like sharing music back and forth, sharing a lot of recommendations or our own stuff once we ended up starting to get to that point. And uh, yeah, it's, he's just one of those people that he, we know each other. And so we can be very honest and candid with each other. But also, you know, it's because we've worked with each other in other creative ways, know how to give each other feedback that isn't going to, you know, because you show someone a song and then it's not what you want to hear. And so you're like, oh, it's awful or I'm never going to send them anything again. But, we, you know, we know how to we know how to what the other needs to hear. It's hard to find those people. And I can even say, like, even now I just found an editor, well, both an editor for my film projects that I love, but also for my writing. And it's takes years to find that right person to be able to talk about creative things because you don't know what's going to offend them or what's you know if they're going to say something offensive or do they know it's almost like do you know how to see the work you know and look at it the right way that you know you know what i mean it's maybe i'm not using the right words but no totally totally it's uh i i know what you mean and it's very much that just uh you know, we rarely know, you know, we hung out a lot in college. We know what we were, you know, listening to in college. We know influences. We shared a lot of stuff together. We went to shows together. Um, and yeah, I've just connected on, you know, over the internet now in person that he's back in town. And um, yeah, I mean, it's always nice to have people around you that will humble you. But like in a way that's like, you know, just like he's going to be straight up with me. And if it's, you know, if it's not working for him, it's not working for him. And I appreciate hearing that. Um, Not that I like get that a lot, but it's always nice to know that he's not just like, you know, you know, those friends that just want to make, tell you a nice thing. Not, not giving you the lip service, you know? Yeah. Um, um, Let's talk about recording um, the record, um, which is so good. Lovers out to pasture. Like I said, we have played, this record i mean we've played songs multiple times um so i'm 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 really i really want to get into this um i know we're 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 like screaming down to the end of the show and i but i want to get into this uh tell me about writing the record and recording the record i mean you already kind of talked about the studio um that you worked in but i think uh i think we got really lucky with the fact that um you know, it, it's it's a it's a first release. Like we didn't really know what we were doing. It was my first time recording anything not by myself and not, you know, before it was just like pro- program drums and Logic or GarageBand and like putting guitar and vocals over this. But this was like a studio, and also it was really nice that like it was just starting to really kick off and still felt theory and it still feels DIY and like a really cool down to earth. I wasn't like nothing was like really nice and I it was like very. Uh, like intimidated where you can go into some studios and you're worried to break something this is you know Dan Miller I also know just from being around town and also kind of know through video stuff because he has an interest in that too and so it was just a very comfortable experience we went in there and it was nice that uh at that point we had been playing that the stuff we recorded was essentially like our whole set and so we we knew it and we recorded it in a couple days not consecutively but um we went in twice for kind of two foolish days and yeah the mixing process was also really rewarding and fun because it was a uh, another thing that like i never let someone in to my like music process like that to where i would sit with dan and kind of you know backseat drive while he's steering and driving and um yeah it was just a really um good learning experience of just kind of what that collaboration looks like outside of like your direct band members and kind of really seeing how um yeah, just like another aspect of a scene of, you know, where stuff gets made. Um, do you, I mean, thinking about the songs that you wrote um, when you first wrote them, I mean, I'm not sure if you demoed them beforehand, but then took it into the studio and then was there an evolution with them? Did they change with Dan's influence? Yeah, but I mean, by at that time, the songs were pretty much the songs. I would say Ice because Early Girl happened very, la- not last minute, just it just started happening towards like, oh, we need songs, so we have to write stuff. And so like, Talera's songs were written like, you know, a few weeks before our first shows and 
they everything was just really fresh and really just needing to get stuff out there so we could have a full rounded set because at that point um it was mainly just like my solo stuff and like sawhorse sweetie i wrote for it was a tomato boy song but it just had too much energy for that project so it just like was sitting around and um red lips also came because we needed more things in the set and the same with sink in um it wasn't it was also supposed to be a tomato boy song but it was the song i wrote right before kind of the band form so it was like oh great this is like current this is what's going on and so um it was it was just a thing of having a date on the calendar and being like we need to have stuff by this and we need to have it ready and you know we went in and recorded mainly live or at least like essentially just played and it, the nice thing was that like Dan knew the music as well so we didn't really have to demo it because he had seen us a lot so so it almost sounds like did you uh did you start booking a show before you had like a full set of songs where you just like we're just gonna play this show and we're gonna be ready and this is how we're gonna set a deadline for ourselves yeah so um one of the songs I wanted to add was either from Death Kill Overdrive or Lipstick Homicide because uh Kane Edwards I would say is a person in town that has really um you know helped my musical journey like he booked me a lot as tomato boy and the first two shows we had as early girl or they weren't even as early girl they were as tomato boy um but we hadn't named anything yet um for the first two shows and um yeah it was essentially just uh once i we saw how good that was working it just uh immediately just had a, a really great reaction and response and so we were like all right we have to keep it going and uh yeah, people saw us at our first few shows and just like we just kept getting asked to play and it just, you know, snowballed from there. Uh, your lineup has changed. Your band members have changed. Uh, you want to talk about kind of the, the evolution here? Uh, Ogden and Talera are no longer in the band. But uh, yeah, now I have Dakota Cairns of TV Cop and uh, Matthew Prince from Gunk Lung and Bain Marie and some other projects. Um, these were the people that were in the bands that were playing so much. Uh, when I was really getting into the scene, when BBDC was on the come up and really starting to play a lot more, those were also the local shows I was seeing or just seeing on bills. Um, I saw Bain Marie a lot. Um, um, and so, yeah, it, it's, I don't know, it's just really nice because it feels like a, such an Iowa City lineup. And it also feels really cool that because I've been here long enough that it is, like, I'm part of that Iowa City, Iowa City-ness of the band now. And it's just... Uh, yeah, these are guys that just, like, have the experience and have, like, put the hours in, in the scene and in uh, in the band that I want to be, you know? Um, and they really, they really love the music and I can feel it and we're just so in sync with each other. It just feels like, uh, it just, it just was a miracle that they were like, yeah, we're just, one, like, Dakota reached out and he was like, where's your band? Cause I played, a, I played a couple shows alone and he was like, you know, offered help and offered, he offered Matt's help and Matt was like, yeah, I'm in. And it just happened and it worked brilliantly. And, um, yeah, I'm so grateful for those guys. Well, we have one more song from you tonight. Um, another one, um, uh, younger. Yeah. Well, again, another one I've not heard before. They're awesome. And, uh, I honestly haven't seen them as much as I'd like to because they, they're a little low-key, or at least they have been the last few months, but um, I, I'm i very happy I got, I got to... I don't... I've been thinking it might have been our first show playing together, um, but we opened with them um, for Lipstick Homicide and Greg Wheeler and um, Miss Christine, but uh, Younger specifically, uh, I, I feel like I play enough shows to where I get really excited about bands and I'm like, oh, let's play again, let's you know, where you get really enamored with a band you play with. But this is one of the rare bands I feel lately where I'm like, oh my God, they're so cool. You know, just like being like, I feel like, I don't know, that kid in college that sees like, you know, that point where you're like, before you really get into music, or at least for me, I had that, when I would go to a show, anyone I saw on stage, I was like, they were so cool. Cause you don't like really know, you know, the, um, the reality of a scene or whatever. But uh, they're still, for me, I'm like, they have a great sound. They're so much fun. They're, um, they just seem like cool. They're, they're, they're just really cool kids. And they have such a fun, unique to music that feels like a little, 
not off kilter, that's not necessarily the word, but in a way that I'm, I feel like we approach music similarly where we know like an energy and a vibe we want to hit and then we find out how to get there. Um, they're great players and everything in the live set is great. It's just the songs are written in a way that feels like uh, they're just really cool. And then I feel like um, there's a kinship in the music we make together and they transmit an energy and a vibe that I feel like I want to and that I do, you know, when we're having a good show. I want to thank Aaron Longoria. This has been a real treat tonight. Um, all this new music that I had not heard of before. Um, we're going to be diving into more of it over the next couple months, um, especially this uh, this younger record. Night Milk is what it's called. Uh, we're going to close out with the song Trash. Thanks, Aaron, and good night, everybody. And we'll see you next week right here on Iowa Basement Tapes. Basement Tapes is produced by Christian Day Media and is distributed across the state of Iowa on community, public, and college radio stations. If you miss a show, be sure to check out the broadcast archives on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify.